0: We were just talking about the training of our children in the ways of the Lord and in the faith, in the good news of Jesus Christ. And so that reminds us that we always have a time for our children to learn from God's Word. It's called Children in Worship, and I want to dismiss our boys and girls to that time right now, ages 3, pre-K up to 5th grade. Vamos a despedir a los niños para el tiempo de niños en adoración de tres años hasta quinto grado. And as they are making their way out, I want to invite you to find a, a copy of the Bible. We do have some Bibles both in English and Spanish on the table in the back. Tenemos copias de la Biblia detrás de las mesas. And I'm going to be sharing in the reading in Spanish before Mario comes up and shares with us this morning. Voy a compartir la lectura en español. And as I do again, I want to thank Mario and his wife Brianna and and their children, Taya and Ezra, for being a part of our family for the last three months. And that connection is going to continue through Tulare Community Church, through the church planting that they are called to do. And we want to be supportive of that with our prayers and our, our, uh, just our willingness to, to be there for whatever we can. And so Mari and I continue to meet and to, to do some mentoring and some work together. It's really a privilege. He's also my neighbor, at least for a few more months or another month or so, and then he's leaving me, but it's all good. So Mario, so grateful for you, and uh, uh, we want to just say God bless you both. We'll be praying for you, and we hope that you have made some great connections here at Sunrise. Vamos a estar orando por por Mario, por su esposa y su familia. Ellos van a estar plantando en unos meses un, una iglesia. Para los que hablan español, uh, yo voy a leer en español, y después del culto, si necesitan un, un, un poco más de orientación con el mensaje, tenemos una clase que se uh, se reúne en el aula. Uh, en el pasillo detrás el aula grande y los invitamos a todos cordialmente para ser parte de, de ese grupo. So our reading this morning is from Luke chapter five verses 17 through 32, I believe. Yes, 17 to 32, and I'm going to read it in Spanish. Lucas 5 del 17 al 32 y la palabra de Dios dice lo siguiente. Lucas 5 Un día mientras enseñaba estaban sentados allí algunos fariseos y maestros de la ley que habían venido de todas las aldeas de Galilea y Judea y también de Jerusalén y el poder del Señor estaba con él para sanar a los enfermos entonces llegaron unos hombres que llevaban en una camilla a un paralítico procuraron entrar para ponerlo delante de Jesús pero no pudieron a causa de la multitud así que subieron a la azotea y separando las tejas lo bajaron en la camilla hasta ponerlo en medio de la gente frente a Jesús al ver la fe de ellos Jesús dijo amigo tus pecados quedan perdonados los fariseos y los maestros de la ley comenzaron a pensar quién es este que dice blasfemias quién puede perdonar pecados sino sólo Dios pero Jesús supo lo que estaban pensando y les dijo por qué razonan así que es más fácil decir tus pecados quedan perdonados o levántate y anda pues para que sepan que el hijo del hombre tiene autoridad en la tierra para perdonar pecados se dirigió entonces al paralítico a ti te digo levántate toma tu camilla y vete a tu casa al instante se levantó a la vista de todos tomó la camilla en que había estado acostado y se fue a su casa alabando a Dios todos quedaron asombrados y ellos también alababan a Dios Estaban llenos de temor y decían hoy hemos visto maravillas después de esto salió Jesús y se fijó en un recaudador de impuestos llamado Levi sentado a la mesa donde cobraba sígueme le dijo Jesús y Levi se levantó lo dejó todo y lo siguió luego Levi le ofreció a Jesús un gran banquete en su casa y había allí un grupo numeroso de recaudadores de impuestos y otras personas que estaban comiendo con ellos Pero los fariseos y los maestros de la ley que eran de la misma secta que de la misma secta re, les reclamaban a los discípulos de Jesús ¿Por qué comen y beben ustedes con recaudadores de impuestos y pecadores no son los sanos los que necesitan médicos sino los enfermos les contestó Jesús no he venido a llamar a justos sino a pecadores para que se arrepientan Esa es la palabra de Dios para nosotros.
1: Go uh, so it 's a bittersweet day just for for personally for Brandon and myself and my kids, just because we uh, we love being here, definitely love being at sunrise and uh, thank you, Pastor Russ and Mindy for for opening your church for, to allow us to to learn and to just admire the the good work that the Lord has done here in Larry through sunrise and, and and thank you congregation, for opening your your arms and hearts to us and and guiding us. And it definitely is not a, a, um, something that we're gonna just not going to ever come back. We're, we're going to always have this relationship that I, I, I pray that we continue to build. Um, because we are planting in Tulare, we definitely want to see God come into Tulare. And, and know God is raising up his church. And we are his church, right? Amen. And so this morning, uh, I want to I wanna read in Luke. Chapter 5, verse 17 through 26. First, if we can, Um, I'm old school, so um, I got mentored from older, old school pastors. I like to stand when I read the gospel uh, in the beginning. So if we can, can we stand? Just to honor the the word of God this morning. As we read in in Luke, uh, it says at 17, it says, One day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tile into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend... Your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sin but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are they thinking these things in, your, in their hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them and took what he had been laying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Amen? Amen? You can take a seat. How many of us want to see remarkable things this morning? Amen? I, I personally, I don't like coming to church and, not, and, and leaving the same person. I like coming to a setting like this where the presence of God is and, and knowing that I'm leaving different from when I came in. And my mind has been challenged. My heart has been transformed. And, and now I have a whole week to, to testify of what God has done. And I'll come back next Sunday and I'll do the same thing again. Amen? And so this, this, this week... I hope as we, we dig into the Word this morning is that we don't just listen, but we become doers of the Word. Um, this is a very special day, um, and it's so unique how God plans things, uh, just like your daughter's b- baptism this morning. Um, so we we, we don't know this yet, but we share something really cool. Uh, today's my son's uh, one-year baptism. So it, it's been—I I got the Facebook— uh, I guess, reminder, so it's, it's kind of cool, and so I, I love that, I love God, that he, God doesn't make mistakes, and is everything so pointed in time, and, and this morning, we want to talk about this paralytical, this paralyzed man, uh, this paralyzed man, as I was reading the story this week, I, I started thinking and processing, uh, what is God sharing, and what, does, what do you need me to share with the congregation this morning? And I, I didn't know that your daughter was going to be baptized this morning. I didn't know the, the structure of service. And, and so the title of my message this morning is Reaching a Paralyzed Generation. Reaching a Paralyzed Generation. And as we begin this morning, I, I want to really look at that, at that passage in Luke 5. Um, what is the pa- passage saying to the church this morning? I want to focus on what God is saying to us this morning through that passage. And and, and it makes me think, as I started to analyze the the paralyzed man, I started thinking about his friends, those men that brought him through the roof. How many of us have friends that would, if we were hurting, broken, sick, going through the struggle, would literally pick us up and drop us through a roof to see God? God. To see God touch you. This morning I want to talk about relationships. This morning I want to talk about the church and what are we doing to reach a generation that is not being reached this morning. This morning there is a generation that has been paralyzed. That is happening right in front of us. That high school students, college age students are are losing their faith. They're losing the ability to hear God's voice. In a, in a community, in a country, in a world that tries to confuse us, that tries to tell us who we are, a generation is struggling to continue to find their identity in Christ. And it makes me think of this paralyzed man, how many times people walked by him, how many times people probably talked about him, Seen him through his struggles and never helped him. As a church, I, I want to challenge you this morning to, to look at this man and to say, would we be the people that would bring him in through the roof? Would we be the person that would pick him up and through, go through the crowd and bring him to a place where he would find Jesus? And me... And my wife, we're in a season in our life as we're church planting and starting to train, we're starting to see and analyze a lot of the groundwork, the things that are happening in our community with the youth. If you, had a, if you watched the news at any time this week or last week, we know that the fire in Porterville, um, as sad as the whole event is for both parts, families that lost loved ones and the family of those young boys that caused the fire. I had a discussion with my dad about this whole situation and how I felt about it. And and I can get political and I can get my mind thinking, well, those kids need to be punished, right? I can think that way. But as I spend time with the Lord, I ask myself, Jesus, what would you do? How would you handle the situation? And we think of a generation that's being lost and being broken and being paralyzed. We think of today. As you, we were getting ready for the baptism this morning. What is God saying to us? What is God trying to awaken in us? This generation is in a place of a reformation. A revival. In the middle of it. We're right in the middle of it. This generation that's coming behind me. Behind you. Why is this important for us to know? It's because we get older. We'll eventually go to heaven. But what about the church? How are we preparing our children? How are we preparing the next generation to to carry the baton? And we see this in every profession. We see this in... I work with CTE programs in in our district and and I started to see, and I speak to people that are in, in, in different industries, and we're talking about mechanics and people that are, are hardworking men, blue-collar men, that are thinking, I've started my business from the ground up, and I don't know what the next 10 years lie, because I have no one to take over for me. And there's a generation that's sitting there paralyzed. They're going to school. they're doing, They're getting educated, but they're silent. They're waiting for their voice. To be heard. And our generation, how are we empowering this generation? How are we empowering the paralytic, this person that's sitting there on his mat? Are we just allowing him to to mourn and to stay there? Or are we sharing the gospel with him? This morning, I want to share a quick story. It's just been an awesome week of just how God has been showing off his grace and mercy in my life and I got to uh I was hanging out with my daughter. I was going to visit my mom this week, and I caught a real cool clip. Can I share that with you guys this morning? Um, can we share that clip? If we could put it up? she's offbeat a little bit, but don't judge her she she loves the praise and worship a little, you know. She, I, I caught her in the middle of worshiping in the car. I, I uh, as I drop her off, or I, as I buck, unbuckle her and walk into my mom's house, I, she shares with me that, um, she says to me in her words, Dad, I, I want to be a pastor like you one day. I promised, to, I didn't give her a dollar to say that. I didn't, like, <laughs> this is her words. This is her 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 relationship with God. She sees something, and I'm I'm thankful that, uh, and it, it brings me to tears that my wife and I, through our own ups and downs, we get to share the gospel with my family, that my children get to see, the the pureness of, of who Jesus is. And for her I, to say that she wants to follow in my footsteps, all I could say is, baby, I can I can I can show you everything. That I can, but the Lord will show you more. And this morning, I, I, I really want to look at, 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 at these men that brought this man down the roof first. Um, they had to know the story behind this man. They had to know the story behind this man that was been paralyzed on the mat. I don't know how many, how long, how many years. What things he's seen, but these men had to know the story behind this man. That their, their courage and faith, and Jesus says that you're healed because of their faith, right? Because of their faith. And these men had to know their story. And, and for us, how many of us are listening to other people's stories? How many of us are actively sharing the gospel with people in our community, with the youth? And this is a challenge, not just for you, but for me as well, is that in my positions of leadership, how many times have I sharing the gospel with those that are in need, those that are sitting on a mat waiting for a touch of God? And this morning, I want to speak to a generation, I want to speak to you, but I also want to speak to a generation that's been paralyzed, that has been waiting for, for them to move into a position to build and lead the kingdom of God to the next level, into our community. The things that we're seeing in our community right now, this next generation, if we don't prepare them, we'll continue to see that grow. That darkness is only powerful enough unless we allow our light to shine. If we allow our light to shine, then that darkness has no power over us. And if we don't empower the next generation to have power, to have love, and to know Jesus and to know the gospel, then that darkness will continue to cover the city. And I'm speaking to the sunrise this morning because I want you to know that God is positioning you as a church to lead the next generation. It is not a, by coincidence that we had TAC going on this week. It is not a coincidence that we just had a baptism this morning. It's not a coincidence that we're talking about the next generation, the next generation of church planters, the next generation of leaders. It's not by coincidence. We have to know and believe that Jesus is who he says he is. We cannot read the gospel and just read it and then think we can comprehend it. True understanding doesn't come from understanding it. True understanding comes from applying it. So I can come and tell you I read the chapters, I read the book, I read the information that Pastor Russ has given me since we started the book of Luke, but if I don't apply it... It's just information. These men had no fear. They were full of faith. They were full of faith. I I desire to be full of faith. I desire for this generation to be full of faith. The devil will always try to shame you in areas that God wants to use you in. What I mean by that, that the devil always wants to shame you in areas that God wants to use you in. What I mean is that and many times all of us were human, and by human nature we've been hurt by other people. And the church is usually the messiest place in, in this world because we all come Broken. And if we've been hurt by a church or hurt by other people and we are afraid to to move into a place of learning and listening to other people's stories because we don't want to show too much. We don't want to show our weaknesses. We don't want to share what we struggle with. We don't want to share what what our family's struggling with. And that's the enemy saying to you and trying to confuse you and tell you that don't get too close because they're going to hurt you again. Imagine if those men that picked that man on that mat were afraid because they were afraid to get close to someone that was sick. Imagine if that person, those men were afraid to get close to that man that was on that mat because they were afraid to be close in relationship with that person. That person would have never received his healing. That person would have never received the encounter that he received with Jesus. And this morning, I want to challenge us, all of us this morning, is that we Go away from what we struggle with in our past. If we struggled with relationships in our past, if we struggled with getting close to people because we're afraid of what people may say or think of us. I want to tell you, this is where the enemy's trying to paralyze the body right now. That he doesn't want us to get close to each other. It just wants to be surface level. It's just surface level. Because surface level is okay. We're, we're okay with being okay. And I want to tell you that God doesn't want us just to be okay. God wants us to be free and free indeed. He wants us to go into places that are dark and to free others in places where they're struggling themselves. It can be in schools. It can be in your businesses. It can be in places that you may not even think. A lot of times we think we have to go to the poor to see God work. No, I can see God work in my dairy. I can see God work in my school. God can work in many different places. God is not just here for the poor. God is here for everyone. This morning, I I want us to understand that Jesus is good. And that his gospel needs to be preached this morning. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who this fellow, who, who that speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? See, the enemy is a liar and an accuser. And we see this in scripture every single time. Where God wants to be, do a miracle in people's lives, the enemy will accuse and lie to them, that makes them think that they're not worthy. And I'm here to tell you this morning that we're worthy. God has called us. God is leading us. God wants to go take us glory to glory. God wants to take us to a place. He wants to take the city of Tulare to a place where we see miracle signs and wonders on a daily basis. Where we see our children praise the Lord. Where we see our children's children be baptized. That we see the fruit that we've, we've, we've allowed God to invest and cultivate in our families come to life that families that, that are in Tulare that have, have had rich history in churches and have invested their lives in the church, they're going to see the promise of the, of, of the Lord in their life. God is not done. God is not done with sunrise. He's not, he's not done in the city of Tulare. The truth is that Jesus can forgive and Jesus can heal his people. And nothing should change your mind. Nothing should change your mind. The enemy, we've allowed him to paralyze this generation. How are we preparing our children? We work in education. I see it all the time. Students are struggling emotionally, physically, biggest things that we are struggling as a community is vaping. Struggling with drugs, alcohol. What does that tell me? That we're trying to self-medicate what God is wanting to heal in our in our lives. So I see my daughter. This week I got to experience that moment with her and and then I went to lunch with a friend of mine and I got to see one of my friends that used to lead worship. She's college age. I get to sit with her and talk to her a little bit after I finished talking with my buddy. And I sat with her, I said, Hey, this is what we're doing with church planning, this is what we're doing with Brianna and I, and started to just share what God has been doing in our life, right? And and this young lady, um, I, I I offer an invitation to just come out and hear what we're doing and stuff, things like that. And and she tells me, you know what, I, I, I'm okay. She's going to a church on my side. It's a pretty big church where you kind of hide out. right? You can just go in the back and just hang out, hide out. She says, I'm okay right here. I'm okay just, I want to sing. I want to go into a place where God can use me again. But I, I, right now, I'm okay right here. And as I was preparing this message, it makes me think how, how from an age... A four-year-old can go from praising God from the top of her lungs in the car, a little bit off beat. She's great. We'll get there. Martine, she's ready for you. And we get to a young lady that's in her 25, 20, 20, 20, mid-20s, and she's afraid. She's okay just being okay. She's okay with just putting her gifts and talents and things that God has given her To the side. And it made me think about this man that was sitting on the mat. That how many times he was probably just okay. This is, people continue to pass me by. And no one is helping me, so I'm okay with just being okay. It makes me think of how many students that we come across with, Brandon and I, how many adults that we come across with at our work, how many family members that come to mind. They're, they're okay with just being okay. This is the enemy that's trying to lie to us and to tell people that it's okay to just be okay. And this is where the urgency and my message, I want you to leave and understand that he's called us to have enough faith to reach those that are broken and lost this morning. He's called us, he wants us to have enough faith to walk and talk to someone that we don't know. He's talked to us and he's, he, has, he wants us to have enough faith to reach a generation that maybe we have nothing in common with. But one thing that we know that we have in common with is that we understand pain. We understand stress. We understand the struggle. We understand the things that this generation is going through. And we understand that because of who we know is Jesus, we are who we are today. And we need to continue to share that good news with those that are coming behind us. This, these, these things excite me verse 24, it says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. We have to teach this generation to move away from just feeling. We've become so much of a feeler. Our generations become, if I don't feel God, then I don't know God. If I don't like the worship, then I don't like If the message isn't for me, then it really isn't for me. And we have to move from a place to teach this generation that it's not just about what you feel, but it's about the truth that you should know. That's found in Jesus this morning. The truth. That we can't also just depend on truth, but we have to depend on his spirit as well. That knowledge is only knowledge unless you apply it. Truth is only truth unless you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to reveal more to you through that truth. This morning we were talking about being able to understand the word. In different books, in different passages, how do we understand what God is saying? We got to learn to be, be able to hear God's voice. And this is what I love about Pastor Russ and, and, and the team here, that they're, we're teaching you through the book of Luke, not just to come and hear the message, but to go home and to learn to hear God's voice through Scripture. That when you come here, it should be the same thing that he's sharing with you, that's the same thing that the Lord is sharing with you at home. We were all born and designed for great faith. Everything in us have been, has been wired to know God. All of our senses, everything that we touch, taste, and see. All the tools that God has given us, it's up to us to discover and to know that God is wanting to use every gift that we, hope we have in our bodies. We were designed for great things this morning. God... In this season, in in our culture, I believe, and I've gotten confirmations from other pastors as well, that God is starting to divide what is truth and what is false. And as a church, I believe that he's calling us to position ourselves in a position where we're sharing the gospel and the truth with those that are seeking truth those that are hungry for truth, those that are hungry for for, uh, reformation and and, and revival in our community, in our country. I believe that God is starting to do something here in the city of Tulare, um, where it's not just going to be the city of Tulare, but Tulare County, it's going to lead into the state, it's going to lead into the United States. It's not by coincidence that we have a farm show here and that we have people from all over the world Come to Tulare, the city of Tulare, the small city of Tulare. 64,000 people here in Tulare are hosting the world. So what does that make me think for kingdom principles, kingdom things that God is revealing to us this morning, is that he's setting up the city of Tulare for things that are going to uh, ignite the world for revival and reformation, for the gospel to be preached to those that are broken, those that are need healing, those that need to pick up their mat this morning and Go. This morning, how is your faith developing? Yeah, we're at the middle of Luke, the series of Luke. I want to take this time and say to yourselves, ask yourselves as you go home, have I really applied what we're learning here? Am I stagnant or am I growing? I am a basketball coach as well. I evaluate everything that I do. If I lose a game, I promise most of the time I won't lose again to that same team. Why? Because I analyze every little mistake. And I go back to the drawing board. And my staff and I go back and draw things up to say, make sure that we don't commit the same mistakes again. And this is what we should do with our relationship with the Lord. Is that we should analyze. That like God has given us grace and mercy. But we should analyze where we're at and what stage we're at in life. And continue to learn to grow. And as we've we, been studying the book of Luke, we should take this time in the middle of, 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 the, of this break and say, have I really applied what I've been listening to? Am, am I really applying this information to my day-to-day life? Am I seeking and searching for those moments that God wants to, to show you and use you? Because this morning, I, I, my, my pledge to you is that God wants to use you this morning. He desires for you to move from a place of of, of stagnant to a place of revival, a place of of, of life. He wants to bring your family to a place where he's going to use your family, that your children's children will know and how to worship God in spirit and truth this morning. A Focus on the family. It's a big organization that works with families. This is data that I picked up. I just want to share that. It's not just me sharing this stuff. It says that they report 11% of young adults who have left the faith, that they leave the faith as, they, they know the faith as, as children, but as, as they get become adults, 89% of them will say that they don't have real faith anymore. 89%. Something that I've learned through church planning, that we like numbers. We like data. Data speaks, numbers speak all the time. I'm in education, I say it all the time. Numbers speak. Are they scary numbers? Oh, yeah, they're scary. Can we, be, can we become paralyzed and, 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 and come to a place where we are just like, you know what? It is what it is. I choose not to be that way. And my pledge to you this morning is that we, as a church, as the body, that we don't choose to be that way. Because if we really believe what we read in the gospel, then we have to understand that there is a day that is coming. And that those that don't know Jesus, they will see. They will understand. They will taste and see. Those that don't know Jesus, they will see that they should have they should have came into a place of salvation, of repentance. And those that are believers that know and taste and see that God is good will see that they what, what they put their money into, what they put their faith into, what they put their energy into is not something that is make-believe, but it's something that is real and that is coming. It's tangible. God is coming for us to, to, to bring perfection into our life, to bring the kingdom of heaven into our life. And as we read and continue to read in, in verse Verse 24. It says, "I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home." And verse twenty-five is "It says immediately he stood in front of them and took them, and he'd been lying on it, and went and home and, and home and praised God." It said verse twenty-six: Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, "We have seen remarkable things today." If the kingdom of God doesn't ex- excite you this morning, check your heartbeat. If the kingdom and the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't excite you this morning, check your heartbeat. Are we alive? Because the power that I got to see in my daughter's eyes, the anointing that was coming out of her, the praise and worship was so pure that the only thing that I can do is tear up. Not because of my daughter, but because of how good God is. We have to pray. We have to call out what is true in this next generation. This next generation is dying for something real. This next generation is crying out for something real. There are 64,000 people in the city of Tulare. Ask yourself, the biggest church in Tulare is about 300 people. There's about forty nine churches in the city of Tulare, and the biggest church in Tulare is about three hundred people on a good day so ask yourself how many people are not going to a, a service on a same morning how many people aren't worshiping God on a Sunday morning how many people that we know in city in the city of Tulare that don't know God are we allowing are we uh, I think my dad once told me, how you measure success as a father is you see how well you prepare your children. And it's a scary thing as a young dad to know that. Ten years from now, how I react and treat my wife, how I react and treat friends, how I react and talk about people, my daughter will see. And this will set her up for whoever she's going to be. And so at the same, with the same mindset, if I worship God, if I lift my hands in church, if I praise, and if, I'm, if she's seeing me preach the gospel not just in the church but in the community, guess what she's going to do? She's going to mirror exactly what I'm doing without me even having to try So how is our faith developing this morning? Check on can we cue that video? I want to share something with you guys. Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted on the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. The city of Tulare is a beautiful place with a rich history of amazing leaders. Today, the need for leadership wouldn't be more evident in our community. Standing on the word of God and empowered by his Holy Spirit, we can walk together into a new whole season. We want to take back the city, the county, and this nation from the evil strongholds that have them hostage. The mandate we have is to teach new and old believers how to worship God in spirit and in truth. We want to create a multi-generational culture where age difference would not hinder the vision but our different perspectives would complement each other. That both the young and the old could come together to pursue the presence of God until Tulare knows the good news of Jesus. We want to leave a legacy for the generations to come that would not be divided by social status, color of skin, or background. A legacy of unity. Let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We believe there is something special coming to the city, to this county, and to this nation. God is good and I, I want to share A little bit about that video, but I want to go into Luke uh, 27, 32. It says, after, this is Jesus um, encountering Levi, the tax collector. After this, Jesus went out and saw the tax collector by the name of Levi, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Jesus is calling us to follow him. Verse 27, 29 says, then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at the house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who began, belonged to their sect, complained to the disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors? And Jesus answered to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call. I have not, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. We got to get, as a country and a community, we got to come back to a place of repentance. That we don't know it all. We don't have everything together. The church has, doesn't have everything together. We are not perfect we're here because we need a perfect God. We are here because we have realized down our life and our highs and lows of life that we've struggled to do things on our own. I've struggled to be a dad or a husband by myself. I've struggled to be a good friend by myself. I've struggled to be a, a son a good co-worker, by myself. And I realized that because of Jesus, because of Jesus, and nothing can change my mind. Because of him, I can be a good father, I can be a good husband, I can be a good son, I can be a good friend, I can be a good coworker. I can be a good leader because of Jesus. And this morning, as we look at Levi... He understood. He got it. He, he got it through his head that he needed Jesus. And when Jesus said, follow me, there was no questions asked. He left and picked it up. Everything that he had, he left it behind and he followed him. And guess what? He followed him. And the story tells us that there's more tax collectors that followed behind him. And it's just funny how God has a sense of humor. Um, I did my taxes this morning or, or, or um, this week And it just made me think and realize how God is just sharing showing me so many different things. How now my tax collector is a believer. Right? She has worship playing. And it made me think how how history, how good God is. That we have people in positions of professions that can lead and be believers in their sector of work. And now they can share their gospel with people. That every person that comes into those doors of our friends that do our taxes can hear and listen to the gospel. That this story, yeah, it was a long time ago, but it's it's still happening. That that the healing and the power of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of it is still happening today. True worshipers will worship God in spirit and truth. Our generation that's coming behind us need to know that. I believe that the generation that's coming behind us, they need a place, a safe place to hear, to listen, to worship, and to to know who Jesus is. And this is why we're planting a church in the city of Tulare, because we see the need for more churches to be planted that are going to host this next generation. This is why I am thankful for Pastor Russ for allowing his time and his, his church to be able to open and, and to, to host us and to, to mentor me. Thank you so much that you value the, the next generation and, and you want to empower the next generation. Because this is a season and a time where I believe God is calling us to empower the next generation. Our children's children. And I want to end with this this morning. Jesus is returning for his people. And we are his church. Jesus is calling us to move into action and stand firm for the next generation. God desires for this next generation to know what a life in Christ really is. A life in Christ is not about what you can do or what you can't do. It's about abundant living about abundant leaving a living it 's not about what we can do or what other people can 't do it 's about Jesus and only Jesus. so this morning, as our family travels into our next destination, I, I want to ask some of our deacons if we can stand up and we, we, we want to take some time to pray with you and to bless you. Um, As God starts to equip Sunrise to be able to host this next generation. As God starts to use Sunrise in a time such as this to bring revival into this next generation. And so if our deacons can go to different places, we want to pray with those that need prayer. I want to pray for the congregation itself. We want to take this time to, to just pray. To pray. Because in reality, I share this message, but the biggest thing that I want to leave you with is that we have to press forward. We have to press in knowing God's voice. We got to increase our knowledge and being able to hear God's voice. Because there's a time coming that people need to hear the gospel. And they won't hear it inside of a church. They're going to have to hear it in their homes. They're going to have to hear it in their schools. They're going to have to hear it in their businesses, of work areas, the park. Jesus is coming. And for me, it's an exciting thing. Because if you're a soldier, gear up. Stand up. If you believe from a child the stories you read, now it's time to walk it out. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. If you feel, if you need extra prayer this morning, please, we have different stations if you need to go and pray. Father, I want to thank you this morning, Lord. I ask this morning that you touch our hearts and minds, Lord. Father, I pray for Sunrise Community Church, Lord, I ask that you touch every heart and every mind this morning, Lord, that if we feel stagnant, Lord, if we feel like we haven't been growing, Lord, I pray and we break right now any lie, any accusation that the enemy's been trying to tell us this morning, Lord, and I ask, I ask that your truth, your voice, your voice, Lord, becomes louder than the lies this morning that your voice become louder than the lies, Lord, that you've called a generation such as this this morning to rise up, to rise up, Lord, to stand firm, to share the gospel with the poor, with the brokenhearted, Lord, that you've come for the sick, not the righteous, but the sick, Lord. Father, I ask that you give us an urgency in our walk with you, Lord, that we don't allow the, our, our, our past to hinder us, Lord, but our, our faith to rise up right now. Our faith to rise up as those men, as those men that, that brought that paralytic to, to, to that rooftop, Lord. That you allow our, our faith to rise up like theirs, Father. That you allow our faith to rise up like Levi's faith, Lord. That we would leave everything that we've ever thought we had to have, Lord, to follow you. We'd leave everything behind, to follow you this morning. That that tangible faith will rise right now. In Jesus' name. Amen.